Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Let's Hang Out. I'm Ellie Brigida. And I'm Lee Holmes Foster, and here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Rainbow Doula DC, the only doula group in the greater Washington, DC area that is dedicated to working with LGBTQ plus people. Some of you may know that both my wife and I gave birth in the last couple of years, and I can't tell you how much of a difference our doula made in both our pre and postpartum care. Doulas have also been statistically proven to improve birth outcomes, and it's something that I would recommend to anyone who's going to be giving birth. All of their staff is queer identifying certified doulas who use a consent based trauma and informed approach to doula care. And Kelsey, their founder, is a very good friend of mine from when I used to live in D.C. Knowing how caring and supportive she was as a friend, I have nothing but trust for her and the people she chose for the team. Rainbow Doula D.C. specializes in birth support, postpartum support, and postoperative support for folks undergoing gender-affirming surgery. And they have a Meet the Queer Doula event the first Sunday of every month, which is virtual and free. I met my own doula at a similar event, and it's such a great way to find someone who's the right fit for your needs and for your personality. I am obsessed with Rainbow Doula DC. But really, this is such a cool organization, and it's so important to have people who are there to affirm the gender of the people in our community, to have gender-affirming birthing processes. It just... It's so exciting to me that this exists. It really is. Pregnancy and birth is just such an emotional and intensive experience. It's just so great to have extra support and support that's really focused on and catering to our community specifically. You know we're all about catering to our community. So visit RainbowDoulaDC.com or follow at RainbowDoulaDC on Instagram for more information. This Week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. And I'm sorry if you're sick of it. We're never going to be sick of it. We're making a musical and you need to know. Can't stop. Won't stop. (laughs) And you really need to know because the casting announcements that we have for you this week are out of control. We are so excited to announce Jasmine Savoy Brown as our lead role, Sam. She has been in a million different things. She just finished shooting the Showtime pilot Yellow Jackets alongside Juliette Lewis and Christina Ricci, which if you're listening to this episode, Christina Ricci will come up later. Also, Juliette Lewis is going to come up in an episode coming up. So that's really exciting. (laughs) Small world, small Small, world. Small world. We are one step away from Juliette Lewis and Christina Ricci. I think that's pretty amazing for um, for gay people to be <laughs> that close to two queer icons, in my opinion. Um, she's also best known as Evie Murphy in the critically acclaimed HBO's drama series, The Leftovers, opposite Justin Theroux and Regina King. Seriously, this girl's amazing. She's <laughs> incredible. And we're so we're excited so to be excited. with her. This is crazy. And, and to top it all off, her audition was incredible. I'm sure you're all going to love her. It's going to be so exciting. Also, you may have seen we had two big announcements last week. Jasmine was the first. The other one, we just, again, we could not stop being more excited about these announcements. So we are also thrilled to announce that we are also going to be working with Jen Colella, who you may know from all sorts of stuff on Broadway. She was in If Then. She also originated the role of Beverly in Come From Away, for which she was Tony nominated. No biggie. NBD. I would seriously recommend watching that video. There's an incredible YouTube video of her singing Me in the Sky if you want to really understand the powerhouse that is Jen. She's just incredible. Um, She is going to be joining us uh, playing the role of Joe. And uh, again, we just, you know, we've been telling you we are so excited about the cast that we are going to be announcing. We cannot contain ourselves right now um we just there's we have are they're just they're amazing we have amazing people working with us we're we're so excited for this 
We've been sitting on those announcements for so long, just bursting at the seams to tell you. But here we are. And if you want to help us support the cast, which, as we've said, is incredible, you can help us do that at bit.ly slash the flame the musical. In other news, uh, we know that there are other queer things happening other than just our musical, I guess. Um, Maybe. So one that we have been hearing an awful lot about is The Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, yeah. I hear it's scary. I hear it's gay. So there's that. I have actually watched some of it. I'm not done, but I can confirm scary and I can confirm gay. <laughs> so that's really we will let you know if Ellie makes it through the whole series. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't started yet, so no promises either. But we are going to try, uh, even though we are both big wusses. But, you know, we'll do our best. I have sat through a lot of anxiety just to see the gay that exists in this. So I I'm the th- things we yeah. do for all of you, the you things know, we do for the gays, really, <laughs> really. So since this is our Halloween episode, we figured we had to mention Haunting of Bly Manor. We hope you're all watching all kinds of spooky things. <laughs> Absolutely. And if some of gay. you dress up as the, the Bly Manor lesbians, Ooh, please send us those pics. Send us some pictures. That's what we want to see. That's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Hey, and welcome to our 53rd installment of Should Have Been Gay. Oh, 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 it was fun, it was great, but it should have been a little more gay. And in this week's episode, we are creepy and we're kooky. Da-na-na-na. Mysterious <laughs> and spooky. But yes. all together, ooky, the Let's Hang Out family. Was that all like riffing? Was that an improv? I was like, it just flowed so no. well. Yeah, it was just like off the top of my head, you know? I love it. And just, we just thought of it on the spot. <laughs> yes. We are very excited to be joined by Jesse Blount and Lark Malachi Gray, the host of the Gaily Prophet, a humorous yet ruthless queer focused Harry Potter podcast, as well as Escape with G-A-Y from reality. Yes. 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 Make sure it's the G-A-Y. We always love a good G-A-Y pun. (laughs) A deep dive analysis about the Simon Snow series by Rainbow Rowell. You can also find them all over the internet at The Gaily Prophet. And you should, especially if you enjoy YA fiction themed political memes. I mean, amazing. that says it all. I'm. I feel like everyone should be flocking over to the Kaylee Proctor right now. I love it so much. <laughs> I mean, uh, I Mark agree. And Jesse, thank you for being here. Thank you yes. for having us. I feel like on our special Halloween episode. Yeah, this is this is so much fun. I'm really excited. We're very excited. I mean, because we've already done Harry Potter, and to be honest, we could have done another one just because there's so much. But we felt like it made sense for you all to come on for another, you know, Halloween spooky kind of vibe so oh, i feel yeah. like this is a good fit it is especially because i hate the harry potter movies with a fiery <laughs> passion and i decided that i'm never watching them again so i would have said no even if you asked so great That's fair. <laughs> yeah so Every, everything it all works out and so for halloween we are going to be diving into a spooky classic can i even call it spooky it's not spooky it's just a classic it is a camp ridiculous classic uh, the 1991 hit, The Addams Family. Yeah. I'm so excited I'm for so this. Excited. Hit us with our IMDb <laughs> synopsis. Let's do this. Okay. Let's, let's jump right in for anyone who, you know, maybe hasn't seen it or just hasn't watched it in a while. Uh, the IMDb synopsis for The Addams Family is con artists plan to fleece an eccentric family using an accomplice who claims to be their long lost uncle. Okay. True statement. I that's mean, actually sure. that's actually a better IMDb synopsis than we've gotten in a while. But we've I think we can really make it gayer. We can definitely uh, make it gayer. Believe in us. Yeah, I, de- yeah. <laughs> I definitely wrote one. <laughs> so I feel like let's let's start with I'm just gonna let's start with Lark. I really want to hear your gay synopsis. All right, mine is iconic tea for tea couple model enthusiastic consent, supportive parenting, and the importance of chosen family through a delightfully macabre lens. Yes. Wow. I'm I'm happy but also upset we started with you because I guess we can't follow it. <laughs> there is no other answer. Uh, <laughs> I, have, so I have a slightly different uh, Okay, let's, okay, let's yeah, yeah. I like it. 
Let's right. let's challenge <clears throat> that. Cishets try to con good-hearted queer fa- queer goth family fail because long lost brother learns who he really is and rejects heteronormativity. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I'm so excited for this already. <laughs> so good. It. Um okay, do you want to go earlier? Yeah, go? I'll go. I'll go. So, my gay synopsis is Morticia and Gomez model for us what every queer couple wants to be and a lot of them are especially with the u-hauling which we'll talk about later they're the ultimate u-hauling <laughs> i love them so much relationship goals <laughs> yes okay mm-hmm. i will round us out then my gay synopsis for the adams family is rejecting society's norms in almost every way and rescuing their long lost brother from a conversion therapy attempt the adams family represents all of us wow this like this is really made me feel like the Adams family is so empowering. I mean, it is. It is. It is. So let's let's talk a little bit about our our experience, right? Cuz this this was actually one that we did not have on our list, I think, right? Which is very I think disappointing. This was, a, this was a guest request which we love to get, something that we hadn't even like you know, planned out yet. So tell us a little bit, both of you, maybe let's start with you, Jesse. What's your experience with the Adams Family movie? So I'm a child of the 90s. I've watched Adams Family multiple times, especially as a kid. And rewatching it this year as an adult for this podcast, I was like, wow, this movie not only has informed what I've always thought about BDSM <laughs> is like, but <laughs> Gomez Adams is like definitely a like, butch queer mm. icon that i'm just like oh wow <laughs> yes this is is this one of my queer roots <laughs> <laughs> i mean vel- velvet corduroy suits like silk like you know pajamas i'm like i want to live this yeah. life i mean this is yes <laughs> and what about you lark um so i had never seen this movie this was jesse's recommendation it's one of the things that i've always known that like i should watch but i'm really bad at watching things that i haven't watched before like i am very protective of my emotional energy and i'm like but what if i hate it and then i wasted two entire hours of my life when i could have been re-watching something i know i like um, <laughs> so i just had never seen it and then Jesse was like, we should do that. And I was like, you know what? This is my moment. I'm going to finally watch this movie. And I was grinning like a fool through the entire thing. Like I was having a hard time taking notes because I was just so enamored <laughs> with everything that was happening. And just like, I was like, I'm, this is the only thing I'm watching for the rest of my life. Like, done. It is a classic for a reason. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I had watched this movie in i mean easily 15 years i don't even know when the last time i would have watched this was it's been forever and so that's sometimes like our favorites you know like i love i mean we've done a lot of should have been gays that you know like we haven't seen or i haven't seen and it's fun to like watch something for the first time there's something so much more enjoyable also about going back uh to something that like you know you've seen before um, and you know, like that's what Ellie and I always say is like with fresher, gayer eyes, like <laughs> taking another gander at that movie. Um, wow, 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 wow! The Adams Family. That's uh, yes. That's all I have to say. What about you, Ellie? Well, I agree. It's like one of those movies that I feel like I watch. You know, like there during the what's the ABC Family? I'm like I say ABC Family. Like ABC Family has like not been around for 25 years but what do they call it now i don't even know is it freeform uh yeah well freeform is what used to be it was it abc Family? i have no that clue right. either way it's I like i can't keep track anymore you know but there's yes, freeform. the halloween they do all saying. kinds of halloween movies and so if it's on i'll watch it it's the same channel they always play hocus pocus on as well and so i'll watch it but it's feel like it's like it's like in the back of my consciousness i'm not actively watching it and so sitting and actively watching it like you said and and just sitting there trying to be like let me take notes on why this resonates as a queer person and i know it resonates as a queer person i'm like this is queer but (laughs) taking notes on it i was like wow this is deep and beautiful (laughs) and yeah i love it also i feel like any any halloween movie that you know if you go to a gay bar on Halloween, you will find a gay couple. 
in yes. this costume <laughs> just should be on our should have been gay list. Mm-hmm. I have seen one of my good friends I met at Queeriokey, gay karaoke on Halloween and they were dressed as Wednesday Adams. And I saw them sing. And first of all, they're an amazing singer. So I was like, yes. But the Wednesday Adams costume also, I was like, we're friends. Yeah. Like, and we became friends that night. So it is. There's there's a camaraderie in the Adams family and the queer the queer family, I feel. Yeah, that sounds right. Yes. So let's discuss which characters <laughs> should have been gay. That's gonna be a difficult question, but let's start from the top. <laughs> I guess the question is, who in the Adams family is not gay? Anyone? Lurch? <laughs> I mean, I, I got like ace vibes from Lurch, which mm. is, you know, part of the queer family. True. So, no. So, yeah, no. Is, so uh, none of them. This is like a real, you know, rack your brain moment right here. <laughs> they just exude queer energy. Okay, so let's talk about them. why. Why do they exude queer energy to us? So I went into this having already with the knowledge already that Gomez and Morticia are a T for T couple because Danny Lavery has talked about it either on like his social media or in his newsletter that I subscribe to. And so I was like, oh, right. Like even just from knowing what they look like, I was like, yes, that's true. But like, (laughs) that was the lens that I went into it with. And so it was like, from the second they were on screen, I was like, "Mm -hmm, yep, that's That's all you can see. That's the truest thing I've ever heard. It's you know what it is too. There is something about because here's the thing. We talk a lot about how you know we've we've talked on episodes about um, how sometimes it is problematic how queerness is like very innately tied to sexuality um, in a lot of like societal discussions. You know, like when you get to this these questions about like oh is it okay to teach kids about like gay people and you're like. W- why would it ever not be <laughs> like what what part of that could be inappropriate for children so you're saying um, the but, adams family taught us about queerness <laughs> i no, mean no what i'm saying is like there's there's a there's a way in which that connection is problematic in some ways and that i think a lot of queer people want to push back on but there is also something about the way in which Morticia and Gomez like sort of exude this like sex positivity and like the comfort that they have that you're just like, well, that's not a straight couple right there. (laughs) (laughs) No. I mean, there's just, there's something about it that you're like, yes, there's no like prudish repression, like comp het, whatever happening here. Like, you are just proud queer people. And that's, you know, like, yeah, there's just something about that that, like, screams gay. But I have a hard time saying, like, it's because they're so sexual with each other. Because <laughs> that's not the <laughs> argument I want to make, you know? But also it's accurate. <laughs> I have an answer to that, which is, I think part of it is that in the movie, it's so, like, the movie makes it very clear that all of the, like, cis-hat characters that we meet who are clearly the villains are like all deeply unhappy and like repressed in some yes. way so when you see like Matisha and Gomez interact when you exp- when you see Gomez's like very I feel like queer masculinity um you're just like oh yeah clearly y'all are having the best queer time of your life and all these like het people are like fucking the most upset and then you have even <laughs> Oh my god, what is her name? Who like basically like leaves her husband and be like, I'm coming out, I'm joining Margaret. <laughs> Margaret. Margaret, <laughs> Margaret yes. is like a late in light, like coming out as a queer person, and it's like it's it's built. Margaret right is in. our late bloomer. Yes. While we're describing this, I just I have to read one quick thing because the timing of this is too perfect. I don't know if anyone else saw this on Twitter, but there has been this thing going around. And I think it's actually a joke. I think someone just wrote it as a joke. Um, But I am I am personally choosing to believe that it's real because I have to. But somebody posted what's like a screenshot of um, like the script basically and it's of the scene that first scene in um when gomez goes to wake morticia up in her bedroom and you know they're having this like oh last night you were like a desperate howling demon you frightened me 
do it again. Um, yes. so it's that scene, and it's just it's the writer's note after that line that I would just like to uh, read to us quickly because whether it is real or not, I think it is 100% accurate and captures a lot of what we're discussing here. So here's the writer's note. They say, we should get the sense, as much as humanly possible, that all this couple does is fuck each other. <laughs> Their only want on this earth is to fuck. And they do. I understand this is intended to be a kid's movie, but I cannot stress enough the importance of these two consistently teeming with frankly demonic levels of horniness for one another. If we cannot agree on this, I walk. But you should know I already spent the money. (laughs) 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 Which I just think is amazing. What an amazing encapsulation. (laughs) Yes, it is. It's just beautiful. Because that is so accurate and there's something about putting that in a kids movie (laughs) that you're just like no straight person decides that right yes god i just love their relationship so much (laughs) and i think lark you were talking in your synopsis about like consent correct Mm -hmm. like i also do love like there is such this consensual like vibe that goes back and forth between them constantly that i feel like also like escalates the like sexiness of the two of them together. Yes. Like it always feels like both of them are like, yes, like enthusiastically. Yes. To each other constantly. I feel like anyone who argues that like, like getting consistent consent isn't sexy should just be like sent to this movie to be like, this is what enthusiastic consent looks like. Like it doesn't have to be boring it's hot as fuck. Like, yes. look at these people. Yes. And it's like truly goals, I feel like. Like, they're such a goal couple. And one of my first notes watching this movie is that Gomez is a verse bottom. Because I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh, we'll just let you top that one time. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I know. I mean, uh, yeah, I think it's also mostly, too, because Morticia has such top energy. Yes. Oh, yeah. So you're just like, oh, my God. Yes. Angelica Houston, like, whew. Angelica Houston in this movie, man. I mean, I'm going to say just because, you know, I just posted a TikTok about, like, you know, ignoring your your crushes on fictional characters for so much of your childhood. I'm like, I guarantee we can find a number of people whose root is Angelica Houston playing Morticia. Yes. Yeah. We see you queers. Come tell us your stories. We want to hear them. Uh, there's also that very famous, I feel like, photo of. Jillian Anderson dressed as Patricia Adams, where I'm like, wow, this is crossover queer appeal. Cause like Scully, yes. Scully's one of my roots. So I'm just like, this is everything I need yeah, to do. Yeah, I was more. like, that is Jesse specific <laughs> crossover. Hey, someone created this just it's for like, me. <laughs> you're like, oh my God, Jillian Anderson only like step on my face. Yep. Perfect. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Can- when we get to ship, can I ship uh, Jillian Anderson's Morticia with Angelica Houston's yes. Morticia? Is that, is that perfect? Okay? Yes. <laughs> I just want everyone to know I'm about to do it. So just prepare yourselves. If you're not okay with it, get okay with it by the time we get there. <laughs> I'm so ready for it. I want to keep talking about Morticia and Gomez just for a little, like a little bit longer. Because to be honest, they're just like they're they really are peak. Um, but the biggest point that I also love about them that just made them super queer for me when they're talking in the graveyard and they're like remember the night we met like that they met at a funeral <laughs> they're like I couldn't keep my eyes off of you I asked you to marry me that night <laughs> and you're just like okay so you met you got married and you're still obsessed with each other you're so okay <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, it was so good. Ultimate U-hauling right there. Really, though, I was like, wow, not surprised, (laughs) but wow. Okay, sorry, I have to do like a real quick piece of research for this. Oh, no, 1945. I was going to say, like, what if, because, I mean, the Adams family originally existed, like, you know, way back in the 60s. I was like, what if the Adams family, like, predated U-Haul and they invented U-Haul? How amazing would that be? <laughs> That'd be incredible. But unfortunately not. I'm so sorry. I, I had a hope, but U-Haul's been around a long time. Hasn't the cartoon been around since the 40s, That's though? That's a good question. Uh, Adams Family Comics, oh, created in 1938. Lark with the save right there. <laughs> <laughs> so you could be right. 
So maybe, yeah, Adam's family brought us U-Haul. You're welcome, everyone. Science. (laughs) (laughs) I think one of the things, too, for that to me, like, especially helped with the, like, reading them both as trans was, like, how much they use each other's names and how much they refer to each other's genders, which was, like, Mm. felt very, like, they're just consistently affirming each other in that way that I thought was, like, oh, yeah, that's, like, really, really beautiful. I love love that. that. Jinx. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. I mean, they're just affirming of every part of each other. Yes. And like, yeah, I think any way that you read them, like they're affirming their sexuality, they're affirming their gender identity. And it's so just like, it's so exciting. That's why like, (laughs) that's why I think like the grin, it just goes through the entire film. Yeah. There's like not a second of that movie that's not perfect i don't think yeah well and and as we talk about because i i want to transition a little bit to fester's storyline in this because i know we could talk for an hour about morticia gomez um but let's talk about fester's storyline in this because that's another thing too where like again you have there's sort of like it this is a different like should have been gay than we usually do you know where you're not like hey look at these two women on screen like clearly i fucking each other the whole the whole movie um this is a little bit more of like they're just these like it's a queer vibe there's like queer themes the whole thing right and so the same way that you have like morticia and gomez and i think a lot of the ways in which the adams family itself is sort of like baha society's norms fuck you right i love that fester storyline is sort of like you know i got separated from all of that and and try they tried to like indoctrinate like this you know, we're going to make you fit in with the rest of society and make you one of us. And like the whole movie is basically him rediscovering who he really is <laughs> and finding his real family that, you know, I'm like, that's a that's a queer that's a queer story. <laughs> that's what this movie is at its core. Right. I also feel like it is very relatable for queer people that also festers adopted mom they have a very toxic relationship and part of that is the queerer he gets throughout the movie the more it causes her pain because she's like i'm like going to lose my son and like and this is like and it's like a really terrible like emotional like manipulative feedback like loop they get into but i'm Mm -hmm. like i mean what queer person can't (laughs) relate to that on some level and i'm like oh this is much i'm like watching it i'm like oh well this is much harder to watch than i remember yeah yeah Yeah, that scene in his room where he's like you can you know after the the mamushka and he's like trying desperately he's like so happy and so comfortable with himself and then he's trying to like repress it to make her happy and you know tell her how important she is and that she's all he needs and you're like oh oh just be yourself fester it's okay yep i also just really want to know that I don't know if there's anything more queer than throwing your abusive gaslighting mom into a literal hurricane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? It's just like, yeah, that's, get it. You got to cut, yeah. sometimes you just have to cut, cut those people out of your life. And yep. he really did. <laughs> he really right? did. Into literal coffins. Yeah, in the most (laughs) dramatic way possible. Yes. 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 I love too. So, but I'm like, the fact that this is Fester and he has amnesia almost like doesn't matter to me that he is Fester in a way. Because even if he wasn't Fester, (laughs) like, I feel like it's like they chose to have Mm -hmm. him in the family as well. Right. Like, he chose that this was where he feels the most like himself and like at the end you know i think they obviously have to be like it is fester because now this makes sense for the sequel that (laughs) that it is fester but even if it wasn't actually fester it doesn't matter like to the family like he's a part of the family even if he's not biologically related to them this is where he belongs. Yeah, yeah. How do you do a chosen family storyline and a story where the whole point is that he is actually <laughs> he is actually biologically family, but also he's chosen family. And yeah, we're here because for that. it doesn't matter. Like yeah. the point, even like even when um they're like, oh, it's not him and they don't think it's him. And then they still like they keep wanting to be to believe it's him because they 
this person they just acknowledge fits in mm-hmm. and like is family, even if there's things that don't make quite make sense of him being fester. He's family. Yeah. Yes. And I just love that. Yeah. Okay. We are going to take one quick second, hear from some sponsors, and then come back to talk about more of who should have been gay in the Adams family. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, and starting out um, with other, because I mean, I think those are the main ones, right? Like we've hit the big ones. I want to talk about some of the other like minor things, right? Because I know, I mean, look. We are going to have to do a follow-up on uh, on the sequel, but can we yes. talk a little bit about the, like, the breadcrumbs that we're getting with Wednesday in this movie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, they're, they're laying the foundation for us, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, just Christina Ricci. Exactly. Like, 90s Christina Ricci. That's like, my argument. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that almost says it all. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean... What what do you think is the most like I just feel like Wednesday is but I honestly don't I'm like I don't know what I have for actual evidence except it the feeling that I get when I watch her and I'm like yeah she's one of us there is there's something innate about her character right it's hard to pinpoint what it is it's not like she has like specific lines like there's not you know I was trying to think like is there a quote that like sums this up for me there isn't I just think there's again there is something about um how Wednesday relates to and fits into the the greater like no you know quote unquote normal society world around her that you're just like yeah like she knows this isn't for her right Like, the whole scene where the teacher's like, okay, let's show who all of the children chose as, like, their heroes and whatever. And then here is (laughs) Calpurnia Adams being burned at the stake. And you're like, yes. Relatable content. Yep. (laughs) Relatable content for little queer children. Like, that's, uh, I see you Wednesday. And then, of course, we have the whole scene with the Girl Scout at the end that, like, you know, we'll... We'll dig more into some of that, I think, when we when we talk about the sequel. But, like, you know, I'm just saying, I think there's, you know, Wednesday is still kind of giving us those, like, early signs. In the this seedling movie. vibes, yeah. Yeah. I can see it. A little gaby. A little, a little, a little baby gay. What about Pugsley? <laughs> Pugsley, I just, look, you know me, and you know that I love a himbo, and, like, Pugsley's just an early himbo. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. That's so, perfect. I don't know. I mean, it's like I can't really claim himbos as queer culture, but I feel like they're like queer adjacent sometimes, you know, like they can be. Okay. I feel like it's also yeah. very difficult to talk about like 
they're pretty young in this film. So it's like they are. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot. And it's like much harder because clearly like Wednesday is so magnetic and like Christina Ricci is such a like magnetic, like, like, you know, actor where you're like, you kind of almost forget about Pugly because you're just like, you're just perfect. Yes. Yes. You know. Okay. You know what it is? I think I'm trying to find a way to like put into words why it is that Wednesday jumps out at at me at least as like queer in this movie. It cuz they cuz it is she's young and it it's not a huge part and it's not like there's a lot of things that she's doing. There is just a sense I think with with Wednesday more so than with Pugsley as well. I think there's a sense that Wednesday understands that she does not she is not like the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that energy is something that a lot of queer people relate to. That, like, we knew as kids, like, even if you didn't know and you didn't have the words for it yet and you didn't know what it meant and you did, like, you know, you had this abstract sense, like, but you knew, you knew there was something, right? Like, you knew there was a way in which you were just like, well, I'm not like all those other kids over there, like, you know, with their Barbara Bush posters, like... <laughs> I'm a little different somehow. Like, where did you live, Lee? What? (laughs) The girl who made the Barbara Bush thing. Oh, I did notice that. Right? I was like, like, I lost. That was like completely over my head. All your friends have have Barbara Barbara Bush Bush just growing up. (laughs) No, I just, that's what I think it is. That's what I think, like, you know, that's what strikes me as like that thread that you're like, "Mm, she knows, like she knows something different is coming down the line for her. I feel like the other thing about Wednesday is that the like her vibe is also very reminiscent of Daria, which I feel like also mm. a lot of like '90s Gen X queers are like. Yes. Yeah. And I just feel like it's that it's that ability to like like observe like deeper like what's going on like around her and to be able to like make a joke about it and to be able to like be like really sardonic and dry about observing like all of this is a fucking joke. Like, all these kids with the fucking Barbara Bush on their posters, like, don't you want to ride naked through the, you know, through the town square and, like, seduce a priest? <laughs> exactly. I mean. Exactly. Yeah. She's, she's ahead of her time. I do think mm-hmm. also that, like, there is part of it, too, where we're definitely predisposed because of Christina Ricci, because they were so insistent on, like, casting her opposite Devin Sawa as the love interest in her like later teenage years where it's like Devin Sawa was like the nineties lesbian stand-in boy. So it's like, we, we were just like already just so ready (laughs) for her to be queer. So it's like, well, I've, I've seen you just like making out with this girl and like Casper and now and then already. So (laughs) it's who else are you going to be? Exactly. Exactly. I also love too, that Wednesday knows she's different, but she's not apologetic about being different. She's not like, she loves that she's different from everyone else. And at such a young age, I think that like as a kid watching that, seeing a person who's not society's norm, like read queer and she's like, yeah, I am. And it's awesome. Like Mm -hmm. that I think is really validating. Oh, yeah. God, this movie's so fucking empowering. I love it. <laughs> it really is. Like, when you really do, I'm like, doing such a deep dive into Adam's family, it really is an amazingly empowering fucking movie. So um, true. Okay, wait, I have one last I, that I ha- I just, we need to talk about Margaret a little bit more because yes. I Margaret's I don't know big. if anyone has anyone else on their list, but that's like my last big one that I need to make sure we get to. It's so also Margaret. the only canonical like coming out yeah. as queer. Yeah. <laughs> right? So Margaret is the wife of their accountant. Lawyer? I'm not really sh- lawyer. I, I feel really like know he's the, his job he's the executor of their estate, I think. Something like that. Some type of lawyer, whatever. Tully. She's Tully's wife. And, you know, she's kind of like the whole time everybody, because anytime anybody is not like in the room with the Adamses, they're always like oh, the Adamses. Don't you want to get rid of those Adamses, right? And she's the one who's like, even when they're not there, she's like, be nice. They're clients. They're you know, like they're people. Like, don't talk about them like that. Um, she's kind of like that one person through the whole movie, and then you get to the ball scene, and she meets cousin It, um, and Sparks are a flying. <laughs> um, what do we think is Cousin It's gender identity? 
here's the thing. Uh, at the end of the movie, she uses he him pronouns for for cousin it. Um, but I could I there look throw a theory my way and I'm like who can argue with it right like tell me cousin it is also trans I'm here for it tell me cousin it is a he him lesbian I'm here for it like I don't even care I just their story is a gay love story and you cannot yes otherwise. <laughs> I mean I think if if this movie was you know in 2020 rather than 91 I feel like cousin it would be they them yes yes for I, sure 100% agree. Um, I would love to see a reboot where, like, they lean into that, you know? Yes. Because I feel like Margaret would be there through whatever Cousin It's, like, gender journey is going to be. She's just, she's in love. Yes. <laughs> Please. Um, I just love it, right? Like, I love, and what I love about it, too, is that because Cousin It is um, unintelligible, like, dialogue-wise, like, you never get to know uh, exactly what he's saying, right? You just kind of get that little, like, I love that you can sort of, like, like put your own, like, whatever you want to see in that story. It, like, gives you a little freedom, you know? Because it's like they have that scene at the car where she's like, we I, we couldn't, I couldn't. Um, and then Cousin It says something, like, right before driving away that obviously, like, changes her heart. And you're like, what did you say, Cousin It? What was it? I have to know, and I'll never know. But, like, you can kind of put whatever you want on that love story. It's just so good. I, I also feel like being swept away by a cutie with, like, excellent hair. I'm like, yeah, that's also yeah. hella gay. Yes. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> yes. Oh, God, I love femme it for so femme, much. Uh, story with he, him pronouns. I'm like, yes, I love give me it. that. I love it. Also, yeah, just the fact that she like the entire film, you know, she is so unhappy in her marriage and she meets this person who like sets this spark in her that she's never felt before. And if that's not like a later in life coming out story, like I do not yes. know what is like so directly where I'm like, how did this get made in the 90s? Like, <laughs> how did, did like, anyone just like look at this and realize how gay this is and we're just like whatever they're monsters quote unquote does it matter and I'm like <laughs> yes well that's what's amazing about it like <laughs> that like it is like a pretty blatantly a queer allegory yeah and so many so 90s good. movies were so and that's what's so funny is you get the impression that they really didn't realize what they were doing sometimes and I feel like the Adams family to me like there are some where I'm like oh somebody wink wink nudge nudge like they might have known um the Adams family I'm like I feel like you just inadvertently <laughs> created this beautiful queer family that like just resonates in every way with queer people and I don't know that I think they realize that you know like I feel like they're just like we'll make them super horny and you're like oh my friends <laughs> <laughs> don't you know what you've done here <laughs> uh, there is one more thing I want to also bring up um, which is and perhaps unlike a lot of other kind of queer allegory f films even like made right now like this movie has a happy ending like, mm -hmm. this isn't a barrier gays movie, but, like, it's just a kind of, like, it's super goth, so it could be, but it wouldn't be a, like, you know, permanent, like, sad death. It's yeah. like, it is a literally bury your straights movie. Yes. <laughs> literally. All of the straight people die in this movie. This movie is, like, never bury your gays unless they're into it, in which case, like, ask first, yes, please. Um, and when you do no, bury yeah, them, 100%. make a statue of them. Yeah. Like, as they were in life, and then resurrect them once a year and party with them. <laughs> like, yeah. like, maybe that's what they're into, and that's fine. But, like, otherwise, yeah, bury the straights. That's all they do. Yep. Wow, that is so yeah. valid. Like, so true that that's the story. <laughs> Everything completely opposite. I also, on that note, wanted to just point out that it is, like, so, like, queer petty that oh they God. bury Craven <laughs> as Pinderschlaus instead. Like, even they're like, we're not even gonna like, put your actual name on your tombstone. You wanna pretend to be someone else? Like, whatever. Hey, maybe, look, 
Maybe they think they're being respectful because that is how she introduced herself to them and they don't want a dead name. So I, I, I think that's just like another example of how they maybe. are wildly accepting people. <laughs> I want to lean into gay and petty. Or gay personally. and petty. Whichever way you want to read it. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm into the petty. We love a petty gay. Uh, but, I'm, but I also just feel like they, look, you tell me you yes, go up to Gomez and totally. Morticia and are like, actually, here's my new name today. They would be like, fantastic. And I think exactly what you were saying before, Lark, that they would be like, great, I'm going to like actively use it as much as possible to like make sure that you know how much of this matters to me. Like, that's what they would do. True. Um, do we want to talk about Lurch? Yeah, let's real quick before we do our ships, right? Well, I just know Lark had said that you're getting, uh, what, ace vibes from Lurch? Yeah, I think just because everyone else in the movie is so engaged in some form of sexuality, some ways like more upsetting than others, like with Fester and his not mom. And Lurch is the only one who's just kind of like, not like, I feel like even Thing is like a little bit involved in some sort of like poly situation (laughs) with um, Gomez and Morticia. So... I yeah like so you think thing is like in the bedroom with them pretty constantly it really seems you that think way. They would turn down an extra set of hands and that's yeah a set of hands yes. an extra singular hand. yes um I could see that well also when Fester came back thing like thing was like oh Fester's back like clearly thing and Fester had some <laughs> sort of relationship because thing is like real comfortable in there yes where Fester's like, yeah, what's yeah. Thing happening? comes to find him in his bed and is like, you're home yes. at last. Yeah, and I guess I just feel like if if Lurch was interested in being a part of that, then, like, he would be. And so the fact that he's not, I'm like, yeah, you're probably ace. I like that interpretation. Should we let Thing and Fester uh, jump us over to ships? Because what a beautiful ship. <sighs> <laughs> yes um and look i'm not gonna say that like springboarding off of that you could make their ship name festing and do with that what you will but oh I'm that as our first suggestion okay i'm so in all right so festing is our first Halloween kids <laughs> so why don't we all pick a ship because there's so many to pick so jesse what's your ship who are you shipping in this I know there's so many options. There are so many options. I feel like I gotta go uh, Margaret and Cousin It. Like, such. Yeah. A, I just love a coming out later in life story. We yes. Love so what's the ship name for Margaret and Cousin It? Oh, my God. I mean, you could literally just, just be Mar- Margaret. It, it's definitely Margaret. Margaret. Yes. With an I. Perfect. <laughs> Literally so easy. The, the I is cap- capitalized. Yes. Yes. Capitalized I. Done. Margaret. I ship it. Margaret. <laughs> I'm going to go with the easiest ship, which is our fave couple, of course. Morticia and Gomez. Just Do they have iconic. a name even? Has society failed us on this and like nobody has ever come up with it? They were so like pre-ships. Know. You know what I mean? You can, But people have retroactively given names, right? You have a suggestion, Lark? I do, which is goatish because nice. I love it. super goth and I feel like it would make them really happy. Like Goatish. I love it. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like also the tish of it, right? Because I like I do love when Gomez calls yeah. for tish. And like somehow makes it the most sexual word that you've yes. ever heard. Ever. <laughs> so Lee, you were you were fester and thing. So, Lark, we have one more ship. Do we, though? <laughs> well, we could do um, wow. the poly ship between Morticia, Gomez, and Thing. What's their triad name? Okay. Let's do it. Gotishing. <laughs> just gonna add that ing. Thing is a, real, is a really good one for ship names. You just mm-hmm. add an ing. Yes. Sorry, one, one last one, which is whatever Fester's adopted mom's name is, and Morticia, because they had that moment when, like, she's like, torture on the torture rack. Yes, on the torture rack. Like, oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I forgot about that moment, and how could we forget? That was 
that whole scene was so also just so good yes. <laughs> like trying to yes. trying to torture someone who's like into it <laughs> you're just like she's super into it um and i just feel like while we're gathering up our last thoughts the other thing that i just realized i had on my list that we haven't quite talked about is how much time this movie dedicates to talking about the bermuda triangle um and i just i feel like there's something there and like you know we all know what triangles represent (laughs) oh so that's your that's your argument for wednesday just being obsessed with triangles what you're saying i it's something there's something in there that's all i'm saying okay (laughs) all right all right flushed that thought out but um look we'll give it to you we'll give it to you yeah yeah all right (laughs) there is also wednesday and the girl yes the the takeaway here is the Adams family should have been gay. Should have been gay. Is gay, to be honest. Yes. Is. Really is. Um, does yeah. that mean it's time, Ellie? Oh yeah, it's time for our Q and gay. Q, 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 and gay. So we're gonna ask you both multiple choice or yes or no questions. You can each answer one after the other, however you wanna go. So our first question. Where would be your haunted locale where you would develop amnesia? <laughs> A, the Bermuda Triangle. B, the Lizzie Borden House. C, the Stanley Hotel. Or D, the Winchester House. I'm going to go for the Winchester House because that whole story is completely bonkers. Lar- Wait, Laura, do you know about the story? I don't. Oh it's my God. It's So short answer, the heir to the Winchester Rifle Fortune like a bunch of people in her family died. And so, and she was like building this mansion for them to live in. And then she became sort of obsessed with the idea that she, if, that she had to keep building the mansion. Cause if she finished it, all of the ghosts of people who were killed by Winchester rifles would like haunt her. So it's this humongous, rambling, bizarre, nonsensical building that is like a museum now or something. Right. Yeah, I think it's a museum, but like, yeah, they just had to continue nonstop construction like until she died. Yeah. And in case you don't like can't imagine like continuing construction on a completed house is like kind of bonkers. And so they're just like, just slap another staircase here. Like to go where? To nowhere. Just build stairs. Who cares? (laughs) Like, Yeah, you end up with a like fancy version of the borough. Yeah. So it's uh, (laughs) it's a little crazy and it's supposed to be haunted. Yeah. By by everyone killed by a Winchester Winchester rifle. So amazing. Um, I'm, I just am going to have to go Bermuda Triangle for the very boring reason that I really like being warm. Nice. <laughs> I nice. just want to be somewhere Fair where enough. it's warm all the time. Sounds great. Question two, who has the best headstone in the cemetery? A, Aunt Laborgia, uh, B, Cousin Fledge, C, Uncle Imar, or D, Muerto the Vulture? So Aunt Laborgia was shot by a firing squad, cousin Fledge was ripped limb from limb by horses. Uh, Uncle Imar was buried alive, and Muerto was a vulture. <laughs> I mean, okay. the vulture. Yeah, but to say, I was really into the vulture one. So, <laughs> all right, who would you choose out of flora or fauna? That's it. I feel like it was hard to get a sense of their separate personalities for the brief time that we saw them. So. So both. I mean, whatever. I think it doesn't matter whoever you choose. <laughs> you might be murdered by them. So. Um, whichever <laughs> one it was that said, I'll call you when I'm alone. Yes. <laughs> Such a good line. Yeah. We'll, go, we'll go back and replay the tapes. So we'll yeah. that. Question four. Pick your execution out of A, electrocution, B, sword wound, C, guillotine, or D, torture rack. I mean, it's got to be guillotine. That's clearly the, the cleanest death, but also you get the whole history of the guillotine. It feels very, like, you know, classy. <laughs> cla- I don't know how. <laughs> yes, it'd be a very classy execution. You're correct. Plus, you would finally get to find out firsthand, like, do you stay? Um, you get those, like, seconds of remaining consciousness, that's true. right? I mean, probably. Yeah, I, again, I have the same answer, <laughs> just because it's going to be over the fast. True, valid. All right, question number five. Have you ever been an Adams for Halloween? A, yes or no. And if you have, tell us who. So I have not, but when I was a child and still wore dresses, uh, I definitely had a very reminiscent to Wednesday Adams dress. 
that I'm every time I put it on, I was like, clearly not on Wednesday Adams. And I used to have like pigtails, so it was very much like Black Wednesday Adam vibes. I love it. If you have pictures, <laughs> I, I sadly do not have photos. Just it was very cute. I am sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I, I believe you. <laughs> what about you, Lark? Have you done a, an Adams costume? I have not, but I. Uh, in my like middle school years, owned many, many like flowing velvet hot topic yes. dresses. So I feel like not again, like Jesse, not on purpose, but like it would have been very easy to be like, oh, you're dressed as Morticia right now. Look, there's still time, is all I'm saying. It's true. And also, like, always time. I kind of uh, am cosplaying yeah, I mean, honestly, in my just like day-to-day life a lot of the time so that might also count it's honestly better than just halloween like are you an adams on <laughs> halloween or all the time i mean gomez is definitely fashion nice. i feel like for me fashion goals i'm just like i need i need your entire wardrobe this is perfect yes <laughs> just like such such incredible yes. dandyism so good <laughs> well thank you both so much for hanging out with us this has really been an absolute joy talking about the film and also getting to know both of you. Likewise. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, this has been so much fun. Tell our listeners a little bit about where they can find uh, you both, where they can find the podcast and all of that. Yeah. So uh, folks can find our Harry Potter podcast, The Gaily Prophet, anywhere that they can listen to podcasts. Um, same thing for Escape from Reality, our Carry On podcast. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr and Patreon at The Gaily Prophet. Oh, sorry. The Tumblr is The Gaily Prophet Pod. Um, but everything else is under The Gaily Prophet. And then we have a website, thegailyprophet.com, where you can buy our merch or look at our... We have comic art every week for The Gaily, for the Gaily Prophet. And if you want to just know more about us, you can go, you can go there. Yes, we are uh, excitingly about to start a Patreon-only Buffy podcast too so you Love know it. that's exciting that's huge that's like the biggest sell you should lead with that yes. lead with that one <laughs> everyone is like wait patreon only Buffy podcast give it to us yep. <laughs> yes it's gonna be great <laughs> so exciting well thank you so much and for all of our listeners make sure you check out their show because this has been amazing. I'm sure you're going to love their show. Yay! Let me hear you say you, wanna, you should introduce this. You can talk about it. We love hearing from all of you. We love continuing to build this community. So we just like to shout out some of our favorite things every episode. And this week, we want to shout out uh, something that someone tweeted at us. Um, So this was a message from Kim in response to our Juno should have been gay um, about how their friends have claimed Hot Topic as queer culture. It is queer topic now. And we approve of this message. I agree. (laughs) Yeah, because I think like many, uh, many similarly aged queer people, um, you know, that was just a mall mainstay. You get to the mall, you head straight for Hot Topic. You see, what are the new pins this week? What new shirts, shirt designs have come in? Is there a new, uh, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas design maybe that you haven't seen yet? You got to check it out. Oh, yeah. Hot Topic is for the spooky gays. <laughs> and, of course, we have to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons. Mark Foster. Jess Klaus. Tanya Ferguson. Danny Griswold. Jacqueline Rosashino, Sarah and Julia. Carrie and Lawrence. Danny Gunluck-Tamora. Brittany Ray. Alana Rosen. And Tara Gleason. And our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen. Leah Henley. Liz Chen. And Wendy K. Bartlett. Thank you all. You make this ridiculously gay and spooky podcast possible i'm just gonna try to be as halloween as possible on this episode i don't know I <laughs> you keep funding our spells i don't know <laughs> remember you can also find us on all the social medias instagram facebook twitter at less hangout pod you can email us at less hangout pod at gmail.com or check out our website at less make sure that you subscribe on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts that way you'll get new episodes as soon as they go up we're also posting videos on our youtube channel so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash less hangout pod to catch them if you want to help support the podcast, there's so many ways that you can do that. The first one is easy. Leave us a rating and a review on the Apple Podcasts app. It, a, we love reading the reviews, and B, it helps new people find the podcast. 
And if you want to help support us financially, you can do so at bit.ly slash lespatreon. It's Halloween week, so we're sharing all of our costumes on our Discord, and we're sharing all of our spooky season love <laughs> on our Patreon. We also have Les Angels watch parties, um, merch discounts. If you're trying to get some, get our Les Hangout Skelly shirt, you know that's a classic. And you can find that at bit.ly slash Les Shop. I'm sorry I stole your thing, Lee, <laughs> I'll live. But I'll, I'll forgive you someday. This, the segue was so perfect to go into our merch store for Halloween. Bit.ly slash Les Shop for that amazing Skelly's tea that we know all you lesbian skeletons. And if you get. only want to follow Ellie on social media individually, <laughs> <laughs> you can also find me anyways because I'm there um, just being, you know, completely overshadowed no. uh, on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at LSH Foster. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at Ellie Brigida. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out.